Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Period. Somehow we think there's a comma there. I have a great shepherd. I have all that I need, but I'm missing this, this, and this, and this. Can you go back to verse 1? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. There's those phones falling again right at the right time. Verse two, go ahead, guys. Thank you. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Can you get that picture in your head right now? Green pastures. He leads you to green pastures, open pastures, ways to just rest and eat and be free. We went out to the mountains um, last um, year. I didn't want to go to the mountains. I wanted to go to a beach because <laughs> I'm a beach guy. I like to just sit at a pool and not move. And Rachel said, no, we're going to the mountains. And we went to the mountains, and I just saw these vast plains and fields and open land, not a concrete jungle, of just beautiful fields. And I was reminded that that's what it's like to be his kid, to be in those open spaces and, and run with him. And he leads us beside peaceful streams. Go ahead, next, please. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Do we have verse four? There we go. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. How many are you thankful for that? It doesn't say you're going to stay in the darkest valleys. Catch that? Some of you are like, I've been in the darkest valley for a long time. The word never tells you to stay there. He says you're going to walk through it and get out of it. That's a good word, Pastor. I needed that. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. I won't even touch that today. That's, that's just, he's a good shepherd, but sometimes he need a, he need a, anyways, next. God doesn't discipline us. Well, you don't serve, anyway. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You're, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Matthew 11, I'm going to read out of the message version. We taught on this last week, the power of coming to Jesus, all who are weary, right? And I read that and just, just taught us about what it means to come to Jesus, fulfilling our desires, the desires that are calling out of us, fulfilling them and getting to Jesus. And it says this, I just love this paraphrased version of this. So, so, so don't be upset that I'm reading the message version. I don't do this too often, but this is beautiful verbiage to it. Are you tired? Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, Jesus says. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. 
I'll show you how to take a real rest. Come on, those are good words. I'll show you, Jesus says, how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Walk with me and work with me. Notice that this doesn't give us an out to not work. Like he says, walk with me, rest with me, but work with me. Put your hands to this and do this with me. Watch how I do it, Jesus says. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Come on. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Come on, how many of you want to learn how to live freely and lightly? Every hand go up, just for the sake of it, even if you don't believe it. We all want to learn this. We all want to have this. I think in this day and age, we all want to learn the rhythms of grace. Today, I just put a message uh, titled to this, The Rhythms of Your Life Matter. The Rhythms of Your Life Matter. Well, oh, I'm going to read today, so, so just come with me on this. What, what if I told you that from the beginning of time, there was a pattern, a schema, a, a, or better said, a rhythm built in to creation's DNA that was created for each and every one of us to flourish, to prosper? Would you believe me if I said it, that in the, in the, in the makeup of creation, there is a rhythm created for us to thrive, to flourish? What if I told you that this rhythm was one for us to follow, a rhythm in the makeup, a rhythm that has been created for our lives to actually live, dwell, and flourish in this abundant life that we talk about all the time? How many of you believe Jesus promised us and said to us that we will have an abundant life? Every hand go up. He said it. That does not mean you're going to get everything you want. That does not mean you're going to get the job that you desire. That does not mean you're going to always have the things that you want. It means that you're going to have Jesus in all of him. But he said to you, I'm going to create a rhythm. Yahweh did create a rhythm that you're going to be able to get the abundant life that Jesus talks about. A rhythm that was created for all of us to experience a peace that goes beyond understanding. A peace not based off acquiring more things. Oh, if I just have this, then I'll be at peace. We've all been there. But a peace that settles deep into our hearts. A rhythm that was created for all of us to experience a rest that goes beyond a two-hour nap post-work. How many of you are the post-work nappers? You're like, if I just get to that five o'clock hour, I'm getting home and I'm sleeping for two hours. Why? Just go to bed. Just go to bed and just wake up in the morning. Anyways, it's a rest that goes much deeper and farther than a five-day vacation. If I only get to the vacation, then I'll be at rest. I said it last week. Some of us are just so eager to get a vacation because we truly don't know how to Sabbath with him. It's much more powerful rhythm that we're going to learn today than a good nine hours of sleep, a rhythm that feeds a hunger deep inside of us all to fill desires, a rhythm created for us to taste and experience a joy that some only dream about. Can we be honest? The world is trying to show us a, a joy that can never be found in the things that they're offering. But in a rhythm that has been created for us, we get to find joy that we, get, uh, that, that we can only imagine and dream about. How many of you would love to wake up every day? My hand is up because this is not me naturally. I would love to wake up every day with joy. You know who does this? My wife. She like wakes up gracefully. She floats out of bed somehow. She's like, it's a good day. I'm like, it's not a good day. She's like, it's a good day. There's a rhythm in us that can create in us the power of joy to work in our lives. A rhythm that was built in for us to gain deeper love, deeper identity, deeper wisdom. A rhythm that was purposely created to bring us into a time of releasing us from the world's pools and schemes and receiving deeper purpose 
calling, mission, vision, all the things that Jesus offers us. What if I told you that there was a rhythm created for this to all happen? Would you believe me today? A rhythm for us to stop, rest, and cease. A rhythm to stop, breathe, and settle. A rhythm to stop striving, stop climbing, stop endless cycles of fulfilling desires, but enter into a rhythm that is full of hope and endless love. This is good writing. I did, this is, this is, I, as I wrote this, I said, I want this. I need this. This rhythm that I'm talking about, as you know, is found in the makeup and the creation of God creating Sabbath. Now hear me, some of you are like, well, it's found in Jesus. Yes, well done. <laughs> 100%, but let's go a little bit deeper. It's found in Jesus while when we sit and we rest with the Father in Sabbath. The rhythm of our lives matter. They matter because the Almighty Creator, Yahweh, has designed for us a rhythm to follow. And what I have found to be true personally, personally, this is, this is just me, I have found in my life when I go against the grain of the rhythm that God has intended for me of practicing Sabbath, of doing this, I am more um, restless, more unsettled, more filled with anxiety, more filled with anger, more filled with all sorts of things that were never called to live in as a believer. When I go against the grain of the creation that Yahweh has created for me to rest with him, I lose out and I walk in a whole bunch of stuff that I was never called to walk in. I find myself in a position of deep pressure. Deep pressure. And I think many of you in this room right now, you're finding yourselves in pressures that, that you're like, where is this coming from? Even you college students, <laughs> don't worry. Life just gets even more filled and more full. It's, it's okay. But like, you're like, I'm so filled with pressure. I was never, I, I just can't carry one more thing. Can I tell you something? That the, the creation of, of this whole thing from Yahweh was for us to never carry some of the things that we're carrying. Straight up. And I'm learning this. Is this okay? Like, like sometimes they're like, you got to practice what you already. I'm like, this is the good word. We're family here. I'm learning this just as much as all of us. I'm walking in this just as much as, as you all. But, but I find myself carrying pressures that I was never called to carry, carrying weight of things that I was never called to carry. I believe this to be true. God did not design us to carry the insane amount of weight and pressures that we carry today. This is why, not only in the church, but outside the church, anxiety, depression, it's through the roof. Now, mental illness is a delicate thing, and, I, and, I, and we, we talked about this in this church. Hear me. But I believe the, the, the I, actually, I actually saw this. Um, 30, 41% of the population between the months of August and February of 2020, well, there was a pandemic and all sorts, of, yes, but, but even within the church, from 36% to 41% of the population in the U.S. had symptoms of anxiety, depression, and unmet uh, mental illness needs. It jumped over the course of three months. Suicide? Suicide. The 10th leading cause of the U.S. today of death. 47,000 people committed suicide last year. And it's not a, a difference of a number when, when you count evangelical Christians. It's tragic. I've experienced it. I know people. I've had, I've had friends. I've had um, people that, uh, guys that I've mentored. I, I've, I've watched this happen. 1.5 million people attempted suicide last year. Pressure. 
weight that people were never designed to carry. And you know what evil's doing? Going, just keep doing it. Just keep carrying it. Here, let me give you a little more. Let me give you a little more. This will finally cure you. This will finally get it. Just, just let me give you a little more. And we find ourselves in a position of weight and of overloading our minds. I'm just here to encourage us today. Overloading our minds, overloading our hearts, overloading our entire beings, overloading everything about us because we think that if we just get this one last thing, we'll finally have peace and rest. And it was never the makeup and the design from Yahweh from the beginning. We are in a city. So on top of that, right, we, we as personal beings, as individuals, we, we, we feel this pressure. But we're also in a city where we're, we brag about how busy we are. No? How, how many of you today, I'll ask the first impression, Steve. How, how many of you today walked in and someone said, how are you? And you said, good, just busy week. Thank you for your honesty. Some of you are like, I didn't say that. You probably did. You don't even realize you're saying it right now. How are you doing? Busy, man. Just busy. I'm grinding. Just grinding. Just building. Just grinding. Come on, we're, we all know this to be true. This is a, a city, one of the top three in the U.S. that, that this is created to, to build, to create, to, to build businesses. We flourish. There's a flourishing in this city of, of all that stuff. And so we, had, we come into this place and we find ourselves in the same boat. Like, how are you doing? Just busy. Well, well how's life? Fool. Well, how are you doing? Swamped. It's like, anything else? Just doing great, man. It's like, it doesn't sound like it. Come on, we all know this to be true. And this is, this is interesting. Studies have said, and I was listening to a teaching on this. Studies have said that this is across all different lines. Race, economics, gender, age. We have 18-year-olds, 16-year-olds saying, how you doing? Busy. What? <laughs> You don't know what busy is. Like, you have no clue. This is, this is the works of darkness and of evil going. If I can get them busy, I can get them distracted. I heard it said recently by a couple people, and, I, and someone's like, is he talking about me? This is, this is nobody in our church. Just let me say this. I had a conversation recently. Someone's laughing. I had a conversation recently with somebody, and I said, how are you doing? They're like, I'm super busy. And I was like, well, let's unpack that. Why are you busy? Well, I'm working from home. Well, I, okay, we get that pandemic, work, all those things. The dynamics of work has all changed, right? We, we get that. Offices have moved people home. And, it's, and they're like, I wake up, and there's work. And I go, yeah. I go through my day, work. I get at night, work. I, I'm unable to shut off, right? In this day and age where we, we have our work right in our pocket, we, we have our phones that are just accessible. Everything is accessible. Everything is fast. It's the demands of the world to culture today. Hear me. I've said, and I'll continue to say it through this series, we are called to work hard. Yes? But Sabbath is a day where we stop. So don't get this twisted. But, but we, we have find ourselves uh, responding to emails faster, hearing the dang slack ding. All the slack people know what I'm talking about. We, that's a distinct ding. You hear that ding? I get anxiety. I'm like, no. In Jesus' name. I don't want to answer it. Turn it off. Phone's ringing. Comp like, like I just, people are saying in the crowd, I just can't unplug. Can't unplug. Can I, can I be honest? 
That's not the rhythm that we were called to live in. It's not the rhythm. Studies have shown that 75% of us sleep next to our phones. Guilty as charged. 90% of, our, of us check our phones first thing in the morning, and we don't check to see what time it is. We check to see if someone's dinged us on social media. We check to see if the email came through that we were waiting for. That's the studies that have been shown. We are people that are constantly consumed with busyness, with hurry, with feeling overwhelmed, taking on more things than we were ever called to take on, and people are losing their lives over it, inside and outside of the church. But the rhythm that God called and designed for us was one to not function in this way. Would you believe me if I say that to you today? Some of you, it's not work. <laughs> Some of you are not consumed with 90 hours of work. You know how to shut off at the 40. So I'm going to come to some of y'all. Some of you know how to shut off at 40 hours. 40 hours, I'm done. You close the laptop, you leave it at home, you shut the phone. You're good at that. Good on you. But you know what you might find yourself doing? Filling your schedule with a bunch of play. Okay, I'll talk about it. Some of you, if I opened, asked you to open up your phone and go to your Google Calendar, well, I don't use Google, go to your Apple Calendar, I use, okay, like, and I asked you to show me what your week would look like, I, wouldn't, I would beg to say that most of us in this room don't have any white available in that. There's no white blocks available. It is filled. Oh, I got lunch with this person. I got dinner with this person. I got drinks afterwards with this person. I, I have all this stuff. I'm going to this concert. I'm going to this new pop-up. I'm going to this weekend event. I'm going to that weekend event. I'm going to this concert series that's happening right now. I'm going to that concert series that's happening. Hey, did you hear about this new store that opened up down there in Michigan? We're going to go to that store today, and then we're going to come back to the South Food because there's a farm, uh, what is it called? A fest? Like a farmer's fest? Farmer's market? Like, like <laughs> farmer's fest in Chicago? <laughs> farmer's fest? I'm starting that in Jesus' name. You find yourself just like, I, 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 I just have so many things to do, so many people to see, so many friendships to keep up with. No. <laughs> so if it's not work overload, it's, it's, it's just filling your schedule with, with things. And, and, and pro, I, I got to go shopping here. I got to get this done. I, I, you see the picture I'm painting here? We, we are people that if it's not work, we're going to fill our schedules with a whole bunch of other things. And I would beg that some of us in the room, we fill our schedules with things because we're afraid to be alone. We're afraid to sit inside and maybe just sit with the Father. We're so consumed about what other people are saying and demanding and pulling from us that we don't know how to say the words, no. Can I tell us, young people, old people, every people in this room, let's be people that learn the necessary no's. That's a good word. So, so we find ourselves cramming more things in, filling up our schedules more, bearing more weight on our bodies, bearing more weight on our minds, all for the sake of living. Well, I'm just living life. I, I only got one life to live. How many of you said that before? I got one shot at this thing. I'm going all the way. I, I've said it. I, I just got one life. I, I don't get tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to live. But I think when we say that, we're actually missing out of the rhythm and the calling for us to live under Yahweh's leading. That's actually way more better. Is that how you say that? Way more better? Way better? Just farmer's fleet market, whatever it is, and way more better. Just up here communicating well today to you guys. Corey Ten Boone, I heard this said this weekend. Corey Ten Boone said this, if the devil cannot make you bad, he will get you busy. The devil can't make you bad, can't call you off, he'll get you busy. 
And I've watched that we, that, that we work and we work to death. I'm product of it. Like we work to death. We grind all day long in the sake and the name of God. And God's going, I told you to work six days. And I told you to sit your butt on one. This is the power of Sabbath. We get to detach. We get to fight off. We get to reject the ways of the world. And we get to tap into the goodness in the kingdom of our God. So, so this picture, right, is all throughout Scripture. It's all throughout Scripture. It's from the very beginning. And, and just for a few moments here, I want to paint this picture. And then you're going to go into your O groups this week. You're going to practice this. We're going to talk about preparing for this, how to be people that prepare for this. But this is needed. Scripture talks about it, right? So if we go to Genesis, all the way to the beginning. Come on. All the way to the beginning. God, God creates the world. Yes? Galaxies, stars, the sun, the moon, the land, the, the fishes, the birds, the flowers. He creates it all. Yes? And then it gets to the point in, in Genesis 2. It says this. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. <laughs> I just love that. In all their vast array. It's freaking heavens and the earth. Like, big project. <laughs> By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested. He rested. He rested, Scripture says. And what does it say from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day. This is the fabric of creation. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating all that he had done. From the beginning of time, the fabric, the rhythm of creation was that God worked for six days and rested on the seventh. Well, you don't know my schedule, Pastor. God rested. You with me? Rachel, I, I say this. I have two kids. I, I'm, I'm leading. I'm doing this. I'm doing all these things. I got meetings after meetings. God stinking rested. The creator of this whole thing rested. And we're sitting here like, I don't got time for this. The God of creation stopped, rested, and enjoyed what he made. There's a beauty to this, guys. That from the fabric of creation, all the things that were on this earth, all the things that were put into place, God stopped and enjoyed and rested. He was not tired. He was not exhausted. He was not burnt out like, I just did a whole lot of work there six days. Man, do you see, I'm, God did not say that, right? We, we, we do not, I do not sense that God did that. Hello? He was not like, I'm burnt out. He stopped. And said, there is going to be a day that I'm going to sit and I'm going to gaze upon all that I created and enjoy the beauty of what I have done. Oh, he's conceited. No, he was giving us a rhythm and a makeup for our lives. Hello? He was showing us that, that we are called to be people that can work for six days, put in time, put in the hours, do all the things that we're called to do. But if God stopped in the beginning of creation and rested for a day and did it and said it's blessed and holy, then maybe, just maybe, we should follow his lead. He stopped and said this is very good, and he enjoyed what he had done. He paused. He stopped. And he created. It's hard, right? This concept, this idea. Some of you have already begun. Like, like some of you are like, I'm not coming back next week. I'll be here in five weeks after Sabbath series is over. Like, it's hard. I want to encourage us. Please don't. 
Because if we are following God, if we're pursuing what he has called us and we're, we're doing, if he stopped and rested, there is a beauty to this for us to receive. I would almost beg to say that if we began to practice this as a people, we would be able to come into moments like this. We'd be able to come in gatherings and be filled with joy, filled with peace because we've stopped, we've rested, we've looked to the goodness of God, we looked to all the things that we were able to put our hands to throughout the week. We thank God for the provision, we thank God for the energy, we thank God for the wisdom, we thank God for it all, but we just stop and we go, man, this is good to just be with God. It sounds almost like a fairy tale, yeah? It sounds almost ungrabbable, yeah? But it's the rhythm that was created from the beginning of time. Six days on, one day off. Rachel and I are learning this. As I've said, we were learning that Friday night at 5 o'clock. This is my work day, hello? Uh, this is my work day. I work on Saturday, Sundays. Whether you know that, some of you are like, you do? <laughs> I do. <laughs> so I don't have Sabbath on a Sunday. So Friday, we're learning. Friday at five o'clock, done, done. We're learning this. We're discovering the power of this to just stop all that we've done, all the things that we have to do. Stop thinking about the to-do. We're, we're type A to the max, right? We're, she's like, we are both type A. Let me just say this. <laughs> we have our lists. We have our stuff. But I think there's an invitation. I'm hearing more and more from Yahweh to go, stop, put it down, sit and rest with me, and follow my lead. There's a rhythm that Yahweh's created. You guys doing all right? You're hot. We're almost done. He stopped. He rested. And God's makeup of rhythm, he does two very interesting things in this account in Genesis. Two very things that I'm learning and just, it's powerful. He then blesses the day, right? And then he calls it holy. Two crucial things that we gotta catch. This is massive. God blesses the seventh day. Whew. You know the, the ways of which God uh, blessed three things in the beginning of creation. He blessed animals to create, procreate. He blessed humans to procreate. Isn't that interesting? You with me? Teaching you a little Bible. And then he blesses a day. A day. I'm reading this going, why the mess did you bless a day? Like, why didn't you bless the work that we put our, like, why? He, he does all, he blessed a day because I, I believe the principle of procreation of, uh, of us as humans to create more, to generate more, if they was, hear me, was if we worked six days and we took one day off, I wonder how good our next six days would be. How much more productive and fruitful our next six days would be. How much more grace-filled our next six days would be. How much more anointed the next six days that we put our hands to work and do all those things if we just stopped and allowed the Lord to bless our lives and step into the blessing of the day of Sabbath. How much better and more productive and more creative would we be? I'm realizing this. I'm like, oh, snap. Lord, if you're calling us to sit for one day because you're going to bless the other six days, I trust you for that then. This is a trust thing. Just like when God says, give, tithe, offering. That's Old Testament. Read your Bibles. Oh, you went to money? If God says, give and watch as I pour out upon you, you'll never lack. You'll never be missing a million. I trust him for it. And I've watched him do it in my life. So if he says, yo, I'm going to bless this seventh day so that the next six can be anointed. How many of you want to say yes to that? He blesses this day. It's crazy the pattern and the rhythm that he has created. 
All of the world follows a seven-day calendar. Isn't that interesting? I think he's up to something. He knows what he's doing. He's saying there's six days for you to work hard, and there's one day for you to just stop. Stop striving. Stop working. Stop doing it. The French. The French. The French. In the 1700s. You know what they tried to do? They tried to change it from a seven-day to a 10-day work week. You know what happened? People went nuts. They lost their minds. Like, like, like war breaking on the streets. Depression, suicide went on the right. Like, like, they were like, let's give them 10 days to work and one day off. People were going crazy. Why? They were going against the creation rhythm that was built for us from Yahweh. They were dying. Studies have shown, and some of you are going to come up with me later, like, I have my own study. Okay, like, have your studies. That, that those that work 90 hours really don't get this, any more work done than those that work anywhere from 50 to 55 hours. You know what 50 to 55 hours is? Six days of work. They're not much more productive. I'll show you productivity, Pastor. I'm a 90 work. Okay, then let me come sit with you. We'll talk about it. Like, I just realized, gosh, I've realized in my life, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not there. I'm, I'm not able to do that. I, I need... God, to bless the one day that he has called for me. Second thing he does is this. He calls us to keep it holy. Worship team, come on up. He calls it to keep it holy. Not only did God call us to sit and rest and that he promised to bless. Let me just pose. Okay, real quick, just to tie it together. How many of you would love to have a day just to be blessed by God? Every hand go up, please, for, for just, you know what it's called? Sabbath. Sabbath. I wonder what would happen if we just sat with him and let him shower blessing upon us, shower words upon us, shower life upon us, shower strength upon us, shower all this stuff that he has promised to do for us, that we stop doing what we've been doing for the six days, and we just say, God, I'm here to receive from you. How much more healthier would we be? How much stronger would we be? So he says, I'll bless this day. He's already spoken it. And then he says, keep it holy. He says, keep it holy. Keep it holy. Set it apart. In essence, what holy means is set apart. You with me? That's what it means. It means to set something apart. When, when God calls us to be holy people, righteous, what he's saying to you is, you should look different than the world. Well, I love Jesus and I can do whatever I want. No, no, <laughs> sorry, you can't. That's your old man still crying out. Okay, good word, pastor, thank you. He says holy means set apart. He set you apart. He set a day apart. He set time apart. He said, this day is holy. He literally spoke, not to a, a temple, not to a, a mountain where, where the gods of that time, near ancient East writers would write, and they would say that the gods of those times and the gods of the worlds would want a place to be holy, a place that they could live in. God does not say that. He makes a time, a day holy. He says, come into this time with me that is set apart and live with me. Dwell with me. Let me speak to you. I'm not sitting here saying the other six days of the week you don't get with God. You with me? But if I'm being honest, 
What I've learned as we practice Sabbath, that it's really hard to, to, to go farther with the Father in the six days because there's time blocks. There, there's a next meeting. There's, there's, there's a phone calls that I have to take. My, my phone rings. My, my son comes. There's, there's all these things. But, but I've learned that if, if I can truly set apart that one day, shut my phone off, move it to the side, and just let him just speak blessings and set me apart. I don't know about you, but I, I want that. It's the rhythm of what he's created. It's the fabric of who he is. It's a day to come and worship him. Guys, this is why most of your Sabbaths will probably fall on a Sunday. Some of you work Saturday. Some of you are in school. Like, so, so, so catch this. Sabbath is not just to have a day off and, and relax. Relaxation is good. Hear me. But Sabbath is truly a time to just rest and gaze upon the Father. I'm not sitting here saying you got to have Pastor Jordan come to your house and play worship music all day long for you. As you sit there and eat grapes, like that's not it. I would like that. That would be awesome. Can you come next? Thank you. He sets it apart. He blesses it. And it's an invitation into worship with him for it. It's an invitation to come and remember all that he does. That's why in Exodus he... He tells the people, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Remember what he did in the garden. Remember what he did in Egypt. Remember all that he's done. We talked about this last week. Sabbath is a time to, to stop and just fix our eyes upon him. Open up the word, read, discover. Turn on your playlist of songs, whatever you like. Like I, I, there's, no, there's no checklists. It's just it's saying, you know what? I, I'm just done working right now. I'm done overcommitting my life. I'm done coming into Sundays where I'm just like, I'm so tired and I just made it here. What would it be like if you guys come in? Like, most of you will practice a Sunday. Some of you will do the Friday into Saturday. Some of you will have to find a day in the middle of your week because of your schedule. That's awesome. We're not here to be like, like I said last week, we're gonna have a sticker board and you're gonna tell us how you're doing. Like, What would it be like for you guys to come in, worship with King Jesus, worship with the family, go have brunch with family or friends, have good uplifting conversations, and not go back home and open up your laptop? Or you're like, I'm a college student. I'm, I'm a business owner. Yeah, this calls for discipline. Called you to work the other six days, so work hard. Maybe stop watching the average amount of Netflix that's being watched today is four hours. Did you guys know that? Four hours a day. What? Four hours. That's madness. The CEO of Netflix said that his biggest competitor is not anybody like Amazon Prime or none of that. You know what his biggest competitor is? Sleep. <laughs> Y'all laugh. That's wicked. Then you wake up the next day, like, I'm so busy. I, I can't do this. 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 <laughs> Work hard. Be diligent. Discipline your life. Stop. Worship. Maybe for some of you right now, it's like I said last week, maybe it's taken four hours to just start there. Just start there. Put your phone, throw it in the sand, throw it in the water, do whatever. Just like, <laughs> well, then I'll have to buy a new one. Start there. He called it blessed. He called it holy. He gave us a rhythm. 
to stop. He gave us a rhythm that we don't have to be people that escape life when life gets overwhelming and hard. Hello? We are good at escapism today. We escape to the Netflix. We escape to the bottle. We escape to the bar hopping. We escape to the overload of meetings, to the excessive amount of friendships that we have. <laughs> I'm just a people person. I'm a people guy. And I've still realized I can't, I can't do this. It's not what we were called to. Is this okay, church? Man, what, what would it be like to, to rest? And finally, this, this is my final close. I know we're running a little late. It's a gift under his command. Sabbath is a gift, but it's a command from God. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Hello? First three are all about honoring God with your lives, no other gods, no other idols, keep his name holy, all that stuff. And then you, four, Sabbath. And then the next are all about honoring and loving your neighbor. Do not kill, do not be envied, do not, be, do not lie. Right in the middle, honor God, honor people. What's in the middle? Sabbath. I love revelation from God. What's the greatest commandments? Love God, love people. Love God, love people. How many know it gets really hard to love God and love people when you're overwhelmed? How many of you would agree, right? This is not JP, this is Bible, that it gets really hard to do what we're called to do, to be people of love and of, and of sound mind and of good character and, and of all that stuff when we're not resting. I think God never makes mistakes on anything, and one of the things he surely didn't make a mistake was to put right in the middle of these things, Sabbath. Stop, rest, recharge, have a gift that has been given by him to just sit, to not worry about work, worry about the income, worry about the bills, cause a, do you guys get what I'm saying? We're worrying about stuff and an invitation to just stop and go, God, I'm here with you right now. I'm going to invite my family into this. I'm going to invite my kids into this. I'm going to create a culture in my home that I want to love you, God, with everything. And I want to love people well. And I can't do that if I'm not rested and healthy. And guys, I'm up here telling you this from experience. It's a gift. You don't need the, 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 the vacations. You don't, those are good. Go, go, go travel. Go visit the world. Go do those things. Well, if it's open, I don't know if it's open, what's open, whatever. Like, like go do the things that you want to do. But the rhythm that has been created for us is one of rest. Slow the heck down. Can I say that? Like, slow down. Who are we? So today, it's just a prayer of invitation. You guys want to stand? This is a spiritual practice, a discipline. Just like prayer, just like fasting, just like all the ones that we're gonna continue to discover, this is a discipline. You're not gonna get, you're not gonna lose your salvation if you don't practice Sabbath. Receive that. But you might miss out on some of the abundant life that Jesus has called us to live in. I would actually beg to say, I've missed out on some of the abundant life that Jesus has called me to live in.
because I've attached myself to the world's structures. I've attached myself to, to climbing, to greed, to, to constantly going, to constantly, to constantly satisfying people and their thoughts and their, their desire. I, I found myself there at many points, and I'm, I'm here today to say, like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And, and if this is some of you, like, this is Old Testament ways. Like, Jesus never dismissed Sabbath in Scripture. He went after people that misuse Sabbath. So this is a practice as time and tested over time that is found to be fruitful and good. So this week, we're going to go into our own groups and we're going to challenge us to actually become people that prepare for Sabbath. Get the grocery shopping done in the six days. Take back the outfits that you got on, online that don't fit, that need to go back to the store. Take them back in six days. Do the, do the house projects on six days. Do all the laundry on six days. Do the schoolwork, college kids, in the six days. And prepare your hearts to just go and sit with God for a half a day. Some of you are like, I got this full day. If I could just sit all day and just be, I'm there. Good. <laughs> but this is an invitation for us to let go of the weariness, the struggle, the striving, the constant chaos of minds. Just come under his presence in a way that he has created from us from the beginning of time. How many of you would say amen to that today? So would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes with me? This is just a good reminder, a good moment for us. So Father, right now, Thank you for how you've made us, for how you've created this thing. <laughs> oh, you're so good. The rhythm of our life is to work and to do all that we're called to, but then to stop and to rest with you. <laughs> 